certain amount you don't even have to purge you don't have to restrict you don't have to be underweight you're still worthy of recovery and i think it's taken me a long time to get to this point especially as someone who experienced anorexia and then it led to bulimia and binging and i often felt that i didn't fit the diagnosis and actually i was told by doctors that i didn't fit the official diagnosis of bulimia nervosa um but i i knew i wasn't happy i knew i didn't have a good relationship with food and I knew that my behaviors were negatively impacting my mental and physical health. So I think if you're struggling and you feel that, you know, you're not ready for recovery, just kind of consider that that might actually be your, your eating disorder itself telling you that. If you even have like an inkling that something about your relationship with food and your body isn't right and it's harming you, then you need to recover. Welcome to the Binge Breakers podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be used as medical advice, nor is it advice from a doctor. I am a coach, a recovery coach, and I offer advice from my own experience and my clients. But please, if you think you are in need of medical help, seek it immediately. We'll also be talking about subjects such as binging and purging, depression, and other sensitive topics. So if those trigger you, please listen at your own discretion. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. As you heard from the intro, it's a special episode. Um, a lot of you guys know that I run an eight-week small group program, and that is open right now for enrollment. We start, our next group starts February 27th, so if you would like to join that, there are still spaces at this moment open. It's only 20 spaces available, so go check it out on my website. But I asked my current group members, the one from our January group, if they would be willing to give their feedback, um, not just about the group, but about their recovery process in general. I asked them three questions, which I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, actually, let me look it up. Let me be responsible. What's been your biggest learning moment in recovery so far? What are you most proud of in your recovery journey? What would you tell someone out there who's struggling and isn't sure if recovery is possible for them? So I made the questions specifically about, obviously, their recovery. I didn't want it to just be like a program or a podcast about, oh, the group is so awesome. I think the group is awesome. But I wanted to be careful of that for sure. But they shared a lot of wisdom. Four people in total from the group gave their feedback. I think I should have been more like reminded more of them because other people said they wanted to, but I think our schedules just get busy. I was so appreciative. Three people sent in written responses that I read out loud in this podcast and then one person sent in a voice note. So I hope you found these things useful. I'm just going to leave it there. I I reflected on their insights. I would read them and then just give my my kind of open and raw thoughts after reading them, but it was pretty powerful for me to read. I needed to hear some of the things that they said actually. So I hope that wherever you are when you're listening to this, whether you are 10 years into recovery and feeling great, um, but are listening to this for some reason, or you are at rock bottom and you're like binging and purging right now as you're listening to this, thinking you'll never get out of this. Wherever you are, I hope that this brings you hope. I hope this brings you hope. I hope that this podcast episode gives you a newfound belief that it's possible for you too, no matter who you are or no matter 
what's going on for you or how low you think you've gone. Um, at the end of the day, no matter what I do, I just want people to know that they can change. And I believe every single person, even the worst person on the planet that I've ever met, is capable of change. So if they are, you are too, just like I was. All right, enjoy the episode. What's been your biggest learning moment in recovery so far? This group member says, I have learned the power of being honest with another person. Although I've shared with a few people in my past, I was vague and downplayed what I said. Recently, I shared with greater candor to two people who I feel safe with, and I'm trying to lift the shame that I have felt most of my life. Hearing others speak in our group has provided words of what I didn't know how to say in the past. I'm going to give my brief reaction to that. Um, I hear time and time again, a lot of people that have been in this group and a lot of my clients have never told another soul about their bulimia journey. And a lot of people want to recover before they tell someone or they never want to tell someone at all. And speaking from my own experience and from all the people that I have worked with and talked to, it helps to tell at least one person. Keeping it all to yourself is a very isolating journey and it reinforces the shame in your head that you don't need to be feeling A lot of people think that they are crazy, that they are disgusting, that they are weird. And not just my group, but any place that you can find community. And then also having someone else who loves you share the burden of your secret can help you see that you may not be as far gone or as crazy or as helpless as you think that you are. Like Brene Brown says, shame cannot survive being spoken. This other group member said... I need to forgive myself for being so harsh on myself for struggling with an eating disorder for so long. Acknowledging that my eating disorder served a somewhat valid purpose for me for years. I accept that now and I also understand that it no longer serves that purpose for me. Instead of approaching recovery from a mindset of guilt and shame, this time I chose to be curious and non-judgmental. Instead of thinking I need to recover, I changed my thinking to deserve, to I deserve to recover. This mindset took the shame away. I was also able to be honest with myself and in my relationships. I felt more authentic and confident, which was enough proof that recovery was everything I thought it could be. Here's my reaction to that. Um, I second a lot of things that they say they need to forgive themselves. They need to um, allow non-judgmental and curious thinking rather than this very judgmental and uh, very critical mindset when they are looking at their recovery. But also what they said in the last part about being honest in their with themselves and their relationships and then being more authentic and confident, it comes with recovery. And people just think that this is a journey about, oh, eating food normally and stopping behaviors. But it really does help you in all, all areas of your life. It makes you feel more genuine. It makes you feel more confident in yourself in total. And it bleeds into everything that you see into your relationship. So it's a really good motivation when you're recovering to remember that it's not just about eating food normally and stopping behaviors. It's about much more than that. And this person said, this course has made me realize having a group that I interact with keeps me more accountable during recovery, the recovery process. I spent so many years telling myself every day that I was going to start recovering today, 
and then constantly telling myself, well, tomorrow will be the day. The recovery in a group process has helped me stick with the mindset because I feel I have that I have to be held to a higher level of accountability. Once this happened, I have stuck with the mindset that I can't go back to the way I was, and more importantly, that I don't want to go back to the way I was. Now, I found this one really interesting. This is me speaking now, um, because people can use accountability against themselves, and ultimately, you can be in a group and still not be held accountable. And I think this person needs to take credit for the fact that they held themselves accountable to the group. They could have stopped showing up. They could have stopped being honest. They could have done all these things. But instead, they chose to put their accountability with other people. And I do believe I've seen it happen for myself and for other people that when I surround myself with people on the same journey as me, going through the same struggles with me and having to continually check in with them, even if things aren't going so well, check in with them and check in with myself, I stay a lot more on track and I get closer to my goals because I can't hide from myself. I can't pretend things aren't happening. I have to keep showing up. And it really does put you in this mindset of if it's not going to be today, when is it going to be? When are we going to start showing up? So really, really important. The second question I asked group members was, what are you most proud of in your recovery journey so far? One person said, I have confronted so many of my triggers and I actively have taken the time to work on dealing with them. In the past, my only successful streaks of recovery were times when I had put myself in positions where I wasn't able to binge and purge. And even those during those streaks, I would be looking forward to getting back to a situation where I would be able to binge and purge again. This is the first time in my life where I have been binging and purging or binge and purge free for over five weeks, have surrounded myself with situations where old me would have and couldn't have resisted binging and purging. I feel like I'm hitting a sense of normalcy in my life where I can engage in normal behaviors and not revert to binging and purging. This one hit me. And again, these are my raw reactions to these. I've read these maybe briefly before, but I haven't read them out loud and taken too much time to think about them because I wanted it to be for the podcast. But what this person said is really powerful because I think that there are things you need to do in the beginning of recovery, especially if you're having trouble, to make it as easy as possible for you to not engage in behaviors and get days and weeks under your belt um, of sobriety. And there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes people really need it. And depending on how bad you are, you might need treatment or something to do that. But there is a point where you have to face those triggering situations. Of course, you shouldn't you should choose what triggers you want to be a part of. But most people that I work with, they want to be able to go out to dinner with friends. They want to maybe be able to drink every once in a while. They want to be in food situations where they don't know every single thing on the menu before going there. They don't know exactly what they're eating that day. They want to be able to have lunch and then have a last minute dinner plan and be able to go and it not be a big deal. They want to feel sometimes a little bit hungry and not binge or a little bit full and not end up using behaviors or throwing in the towel. They want to be able to live their lives without having to worry about food. Therefore, they have to face some of those situations that would normally trigger them to binge and purge. And a big part of the program we talked about, and it's because I know that it's crucial, is feeling your feelings and dealing with the discomfort and coping differently. Because if you don't do that, if you can't go through the discomfort, you'll never learn how to live in your life without behaviors. And this person did this really well. And something about this person, I'm not going to share the name or anything, but in the beginning, they did make their life a little bit more 
I would say they avoided certain situations within reason. They weren't like living in a shell, but they they um, made it harder to binge and purge. And then recently, especially the past few weeks, based on the reviews that they've sent me in the program and what they've said in the calls, seems like they've been living their life a little bit more normally and still not engaging. They've definitely had triggering situations all the way through, but they kind of did that in the beginning, setting them setting themselves up for success and then slowly kind of turning up the heat. And I think that's amazing. And that's what you should do within reason again. The second response was, I knew that I'm a person who's capable of making commitments to others, but I have not been capable of doing this for myself until now. I feel fully committed to recovery. I am prepared, preparing to forgive myself if I slip, but simultaneously, I'm feeling strength in my commitment. That is a huge thing to be proud of. And again, it's, I was talking about this with a client today and she was talking about people pleasing. And I said, you know, it's, we always think it's easier to go back on our promises to ourselves because we know that we can just walk all over ourselves, right? We know we can take it and that at the end of the day, if we can continually break promises to ourselves. It doesn't matter because we can do that, but it does. It makes you feel like complete shit to break promises to yourself day in and day out. And every time I'm living out of integrity with myself, I feel terrible inside. And maybe that's just something about me. Maybe it's different for everyone, but there's something when I know I am not being completely honest with myself, I'm not acting in integrity, and I'm breaking promises to myself right and left, or I'm not committing to something I know I really want, it feels awful. And when you do that, when you actually commit to yourself and keep that promise to yourself, it feels amazing. And you trust yourself so much more, and that is something truly to be proud of. The other person said, oh, I'm cooking a pizza right now, I'm recording this, and I can smell the pizza. We're going to do this last one. Um, this person said, I'm most proud that I never gave up. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, every single time I've wanted to give up on whatever, it's just, I'm always glad that I never did. And I'm really happy this person didn't give up either. Um, my recovery journey, this person said, my recovery journey has been long and hard. It took me years to earn all the pieces of my recovery puzzle. This group feels like the final piece of the puzzle. And I feel like I am completely competent to navigate the rest of my recovery journey. It's a confidence I never thought I could achieve. A lot of the time I struggled in my eating disorder. It felt like I wasn't making progress, but every every experience lapse, low point and treatment program offered the opportunity to gain wisdom and knowledge to get me closer to where I am now. That is beautiful. And it's really beautiful because in this program that I've done, for people. And I'm really, really proud of this program. I think it helps people quite a bit, which is why I'm like talking about it so much. And I really want it to keep on going because it just feels like a good mix. But eight weeks is not enough time to completely change your life in terms of like being 100% solid. And no, no amount of time really is. That's the point. But the purpose of the program and the purpose that I, the help I offer people and recovery journeys in general is every single moment is a learning opportunity and I really wanted to give people the tools and have them leave knowing that no matter what the fuck happens they can handle it and they know how to and so I'm so glad that that this person is feeling this way but also what they said about every experience lapse low points and treatment programs every single bad thing that they went through in theory the hard times it helped them to get to this point now and what they're referring to I think is people want that click moment and that click moment happened for me. It happens multiple times. Happened multiple times for me. And it happens for everyone. But 
people think the click moment is just all at once. It's actually an accumulation of everything and your brain finally connecting the dot. I almost think of like it's a neuron connecting with another neuron and finally it's we feel it, right? That it you wouldn't have those clicking moments if you didn't have all the other experiences, all the times where you were basically face down in the dirt, you know, and you got yourself back up. I had a really trying year last year and this year, new challenges await me and every single time with recovery and further, I'm so proud that the moments where I felt like it's just impossible to keep on going that I got up again. I'm so proud of this person for doing that too. The third question I asked people who wanted to give their feedback on the group and their recovery journey so far was, what would you tell someone out there who's struggling and isn't sure if recovery is possible for them? One person said, why a person engages in binging and purging is complex and each person is a unique journey to recovery. Yet being able to address their behaviors without shame is necessary to recover. You have to be willing to analyze what happened, why it happened, what the eating disorder serves, and what it doesn't. Shame can stand in the way of this. Start by knowing that you're not a bad person for binging and purging. Oh, oh, that's so powerful. (laughs) I just got chills reading that actually. Shame can stand in the way of this. Start by knowing that you're not a bad person for binging and purging. Wow. I think that speaks for itself. I'm going to move on to the next one, but I agree. And that's how my recovery journey, I think, actually started was I didn't stop binging and purging until a while later, like six or so months later, but I stopped thinking I was such a bad person for binging and purging. And it was true. Always true. This person said, recovery is absolutely possible. It may take longer. It may not be linear. You might have to try and fail, but it is not hopeless. Recovery is so individual. It takes time and experience to figure out what recovery looks like for you. Ultimately, recovery needs to come from a place of kindness, love, and forgiveness. If you can approach it from that perspective, it becomes simpler and sustainable. Oof, yeah. You didn't get this far to only get this far. Keep going. Yeah. I like what they said about coming from a place of kindness, love, and forgiveness, approaching it that way, it becomes simpler and sustainable. And uh, someone in the group, actually, we have a WhatsApp um, chat going in this group and the new group will have one too. But someone posted in that group and said, they saw it on Instagram of, if you, if a loved one gave you their body for a year, how would you return it? How would you treat it? And you'd treat it so much better than you treat your own body because you would be approaching it with such love and respect and forgiveness and kindness and therefore you wouldn't do shitty things to it you wouldn't wouldn't put it on crash diets you probably take it through gentle good movement you probably push it in the right ways sometimes but you and you would give it healthy food but you would give it snacks too you would give it all the things that you probably like have a scheduled spa day every single goddamn day you would make it super sustainable so uh 100% agree And then this person said, I spent 12 years not being able to break this habit, addiction, disorder. I was convinced it would eventually be the death of me. Oh, man. Um, If you want to do it, find the help you need. As Jacqueline says, never give up on yourself. It requires work. It isn't easy, but you can do it if you decide that you truly want to do it. Yeah. I know that it's silly and it's stupid, but wanting to and believing that it's possible the fundamentals to getting better and 
I hope that this podcast, over anything else, the main purpose of me uploading this podcast ever, of course, is my business now, and it helps me. And without it, I would have to find something else to do. But the ultimate purpose of this podcast was to truly give people belief. Um, I started it just because I was like, someone out there is like me. I just feel this calling to do it. And I feel like people need to hear this. They need to know that they're not alone. And that gives them belief to keep on trying. I'm so glad this person and everyone kept on trying. That was all of the text written in responses I got from the group members. I wanted to share this group member's response all at once, which was in the form of a voice note, which I truly appreciated. So here you go. And I'll let the podcast wrap up this way. But remember, as it ends, never give up on yourself. To answer the questions around, I guess, like what has changed the most throughout this program. For me, it's my approach to my mindset with recovery, because there's nothing groundbreaking about this approach to recovery from an eating disorder. You know, it's about regular eating, it's about pausing, it's about awareness and, you know, all sorts of tactics that I've tried millions of times before over the years. But the mindset has changed and that is about sort of self-compassion. So letting go of the shame of what I've been through with my eating disorder, the shame of you know, what I'm presently going through or like this idea that I don't deserve recovery or recovery isn't possible for me or I'm kind of a lost cause because I've tried so many times and even just like the immediate aftermath of a behavior being, you know, self-criticism and beating myself up and things like that. I think part of the environment that this program has created in the group of people sharing and kind of encouraging each other to let go of that shame has really helped me. And yeah, I mean, I've experienced longer kind of behavior-free streaks than I have in years. Um, I definitely put that down to keeping showing up with those boring recovery things like eating regularly, journaling, pausing, reviewing binges, etc. But but really, it's it's about the mindset thing and not just sharing with the group, but kind of that environment also encouraged me to share more with other people in my life where I haven't previously, my partner, my therapist, and kind of recommitting myself to recovery because I have been in a kind of limbo stage, um, a kind of maintenance phase for quite a long time. Um, but I feel now that I am in that kind of final push towards, you know, real remission from the behaviours and it's certainly not happening overnight like I would want it to. Um, but I feel more motivated than before and I'm definitely grateful for the course for kind of coming at me at the right time in my life for that to work. What I would tell somebody else who is struggling and isn't sure that recovery is possible for them is that I have been in and out of eating disorders and eating disorder treatment for over 15 years at this point. Um, and I still believe that recovery is possible for me. Um, yeah, I, I think it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling. It also doesn't matter how short of a time you've been struggling you know if, if you're kind of new to this you're still worthy of recovery 
you don't have to be a certain amount of sick to get better you don't have to binge and purge a certain amount you don't even have to purge you don't have to restrict you don't have to be underweight you're still worthy of recovery and i think it's taken me a long time to get to this point especially as someone who experienced anorexia and then it led to bulimia and binging and i often felt that i didn't fit the diagnosis and actually i was told by doctors that i didn't fit the official diagnosis of bulimia nervosa um but i i knew i wasn't happy i knew i didn't have a good relationship with food and I knew that my behaviours were negatively impacting my mental and physical health. So I think if you're struggling and you feel that, you know, you're not ready for recovery, just kind of consider that that might actually be your, your eating disorder itself telling you that. If you even have like an inkling that something about your relationship with food and your body isn't right and it's harming you, then you need to recover.